0: All aboard! Leaving on track number eight, headed for parts both familiar and unknown. Captain Billy's Magic 8 Ball is on the move. Next stop, the obsessive borderlands of obsolete media. Watch out for the closing doors. Carlin's Kids. We're mixing it up here. 8-tracks encompass a diverse number of genres, classical, jazz, country, easy listening, and of course rock, which has taken up the lion's share of space on my shelves. However, I have noticed that I also have accumulated a few comedy cards, and this one is especially precious. With Judd Apatow's monumental two-part documentary on the life of this important humorist currently airing on HBO Max, I thought it was a good time to share it. I was too young for Lenny Bruce. George Carlin and Richard Pryor with my load stars. And when this recording was made, I was in college, the perfect time to appreciate its seditious contents. George was riding high, figuratively and literally. He freely admits that he had fallen off the wagon and was coked up to the gills and says you can tell by the angles of his body in the cover photos how sick he was. But fascinatingly, in the middle of the follow-up bit to his iconic Seven Dirty Words You Can't Say on television routine, entitled Filthy Words, he is handed a paper letting him know that he just won the Grammy Award for Best Comedy Album for the preceding year's record AM and FM. The intellectually voluble comic is left temporarily speechless before launching back into his monologue. For most of this record, he is slurring, almost talking to himself, but still hilarious. Gales of laughter echo every muttered aside. The crowd is right with him as he skis slalom down a musically comic slope, throwing snatches of overheard conversation, advertising detritus, and homegrown philosophy at lightning speed. This album can bear repeated loosings. As the documentary demonstrates, as George got older, he got much, much darker, and more acridly biting in his societal diatribes. This recording gives us a kinder, gentler Carlin at the summit of his success, but still capable of a barbed, politically aimed zinger. In the routine Cute Little Farts, he observes that America is an anal retentive nation, led by Richard Nixon, who looks like he hasn't taken a shit in a month. An astute sociological observation, stingingly delivered.
1: Hi! Hi! Ah. Hey, what do you say?
2: How are you, man? Hello, good night, how are you? Happy Saturday. Good evening. Oh. I don't get right into the heavy shit, you know. <laughs> Got to goof around a little bit first, you know. Get used to being here. First I was back there, now I'm here. Everybody's looking. Makes you nervous, you know. You get nervous too, don't you? Audiences have nerves, I think. I know. Kind of a show tension, you know, waiting for the time and the signal and the lights and the music and the show. And you get a little nervous because you know you represent your row, Right. Don't want to be laughing at the wrong stuff, you know. So sit with your foot in a dopey position. But I kind of goof around first, you know. Come on, look at that, found a staple. See? Nobody goes right to work. It's true. Well, you might get there on time, but uh, screw the company. Those first 20 minutes belong to you, right? <laughs> Not an attitude in line with the American spirit, but uh, there it is. We all screw around first. I just got here, man. You kidding me? Yeah. Really, you never see a memo that says 901. People don't jump out of bed in vacuum, right? So stand around in the office a little. Look at the picture for a while. Notice there's a duck in it. Been there eight years, never saw the duck before. You're good for half an hour if you have a window in your office, right? Yeah. Especially if they're building something across the street. Maybe. Some guy come in and do 90 minutes on struts. You need some beams and struts here. You need some 3-8-inch beams. You want to get AC power in here. You knock a false hole in the steel and you run conduit. You run conduit straight down there. Get some beams and struts and you got at a perfect angle in the corner. Mm-hmm. Anyway this is my job. Welcome to my job, man. (laughs) It's my job. Everybody doesn't have an audience on their job. Might be nice if they did, though. Have three people sit on the other side of your desk. Yes, hey, he's okay. (laughs) Originally, this job was called fool. Always want to put it down under occupation on a form, you know. (laughs) Occupation, Fool. I think I'd spell it with the final E just to piss him off. You know? <laughs> I understand your son's a fool, Mrs. Carlin.
1: <laughs> America's fastest rising young fool.
2: <laughs> well, in the old days, they were using the real thing. Folks who normally spent a lot of time in closets, and, uh, well, there were jesters, and there were buffoons, there were various kinds, but there were just plain old... <laughs> they were entertaining, uh... I guess it happened by accident one night the dancers were late or something, you know. Throw the fool out there. (laughs) Hey, he's good, god damn. People always wanna know how you get this job, how you get started. It's largely hereditary. And like everything else, environmental too. Being funny on the streets. That's a part of the start. Knowing you're funny when you're a kid. Street humor as opposed to school. In school, it was easy. Being a class clown was really easy because people aren't allowed to laugh in school. It was nice because the other person got in trouble. The guy who laughed was the one that really got all the heat because he couldn't control himself and he'd burst out. You whip a quick face on Roger and look around like you're interested in the problem on the blackboard and Roger's in trouble, you know. Hey, Roger. Roger, there's nothing funny here outside. You could clear the room if you were good (laughs) Sometimes they'd cross you up though And they'd say Roger is going to stand up and tell us all What's so funny, isn't he, Roger? (laughs) Roger So the street was a little uh, harder It was, um, well part of it was like slip fights It was just good to be funny generally in in a tough neighborhood if you weren't a big fighter, dude. And you got tired of running a lot. It was good to be funny. If guys came around, it would save you from an ass-kicking. If someone from another neighborhood came around, who's going to hit a guy, you know, and sitting there? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't hit it, man. It's bad luck to hit a guy like that. Man. But slip fights, we had slip fights. You know, when, when adolescent boys, teenage boys are together, they're always putting each other down verbally. There's a running verbal battle. Chop fight, they call them in some places. Cutting. Slip fight, we called him. And it started with the dozens, you know, talking about some, place, some places have rules when you're putting each other down. No mothers, man. Hey, no mothers, man. We didn't have that rule. We started right in with your mother and worked it from there. Hey, where'd you go last night? I was out with your mother, man. I... There was always one guy whose mother had died. Remember? I don't know. What do you mean, mother's dead? I forgot. Man, that originated in Black Street culture, as the dozens or capping on somebody, signifying the dozens, playing the dozens want to play the dozens well the dozens is a game but the way i fuck your mother is a goddamn shame <laughs> i grew up in a neighborhood right next to a black uh, right next to harlem uh well we had an interesting neighborhood it was a little irish neighborhood with columbia university all on one side like including everything connected with columbia like juilliard school of music was there and the union theological seminary jewish theological seminary Riverside Church, St. Luke's Hospital, St. John the Divine Cathedral, all of that stuff on one side. Ooh. And on the other side, Harlem. <laughs> and we'd call our little neighborhood White Harlem, because it sounded bad, you know. Where are you from? White Harlem. Hey. <laughs> sound tough, sound bad. The real name was Morningside Heights. Right? <laughs> Sounds so faggy. <laughs> to us, anyway, faggy had nothing to do with uh, sex. A fag was just a sissy. Fag was a guy that wouldn't stay out late or go stealing or hitching on trucks or something, right? Ah, he's a fag, he's got to go home. Go home you your fag, it's ten o'clock, the big fag's going home. <laughs> queer, we knew what a queer was. Queer was a queer, right? Queer was, queer was the word you liked after homo. <laughs> he's a homo. He's a homo,
1: he's a homo.
2: Then <laughs> queer, queer. In fact, the difference between a fag and a queer, a fag was a guy that wouldn't go downtown with you beating up queers, right? That's right. <laughs> Part of that Irish street macho of the era. We were still into gang fighting then and all that. Uh, but uh, talking about being black, like I've been black since I was 14, I think, on and off, kind of sometimes darker than others, depending on who I was hanging out with. But, uh, well, I like to remind, you know, white folks that we're all Nixon's niggers now. <laughs> you have to remember that, man, we're all the same. No matter what your color is, uh But it was very natural to become kind of uh, interested in black street culture because it's attractive. It's free, oddly enough. You know, the least free people are the freest to be free in their culture and their dealings. You get more eye contact from a black person in the street. They're easier with their body, man. They're more open with their songs, with their troubles. You know, it's There's a freedom, there's a liberation in it, which we saw. And Dick and I noticed, like, if you take... Five white guys. I mean Anglo-Irish English, kinda of my white guys, not some exotic middle European white guy. But you might this really white guy, Jim, you know? Like phosphorescent Irish skin, man. It, you see us glowing at the beach, right? <laughs> Burn and peeled, man. That's I never try to get a tan, I just try to neutralize the blue, you know. <laughs> if I can keep even with flesh tone, I'm happy, man. It's too hard. You got to go out seven minutes the first day, nine minutes the second day, 11 minutes the third day. Then it's cloudy for three days. You stay home on Sunday or fall asleep drunk at the beach seven hours with burning peel for a week and a half. Right? So you get five white guys like this, my kind of guys from my neighborhood, you know, all these guys here, five white guys and put them with five black guys and let them hang around together for about a month. And at the end of the month, you'll notice that the white guys are walking and talking and standing like the black guys do. You'll never see the black guys saying, Oh, golly, we won the big game today. Yes, sir. Okay, cool. right. But you'll see guys with red hair and freckles named Duffy say, What's happening? Nothing to it, you got it, man. Right, that is, that's cool. Later, baby. Shit, I don't know. happening
1: Oh shit, man!
2: Because the voices that I heard, you know, the Irish voices were like that. These were the guys I grew up with, third generation Eastern, even Irish Catholic. Right You see a working class accent, but you're on the rise, starting to vote Republican, move to Queens, right? Starting to begin to be a managerial. (laughs) Those cats, the older guys, were like this. This here was your uh, further back, your first generation or whatever the second. These guys, Archie Bunker, I don't know your numbers. Archie Bunker, uh, Ralph Cramden, a lot of guys down in the series, Side Barfly. This guy was in your big war. I was in your World War II, my friend. This was one we was in, we wanted to win, and we won. This wasn't no police action, no draw. This here was your war, we wanted to win it, and we won it. Give him another one over there, Charlie. Back me up. Give her one, nine, and then have one for yourself and one for the guy that just came in. Who wears this pick, though? I didn't see this pick. You know. So, uh, these guys here was the kind of voices that I grew up with. You know, hey, Father, can we have a basketball? With are going boy, right? a We were attracted to the black music as well, I man, because it was, uh, you know, I don't know. It was the groups. It was the beginning of the hallway groups, what I call them. Because while Perry Como and k Starr and Doris Day and Mitch Miller and Guy Mitchell and the Mills Brothers and Victor Muller and Tony Martin and Frankie Lane and Cole were singing in one realm, we had the Diamonds and the Drifters and the Vocaliers and the Five Willows and the Flamingos and the Spaniels and the Orioles and the Crows and the Clovers and the Sapphires and the Five Keys. And it went from there. But this was the original part. Before they really ripped off the black music, when it was still wee Then you just go from there Whoever had the next part It was nice Everybody could sing every part Because your voice was cracking anyway, right? Man, yeah, you could do them all
1: Okay, Come on, oh shit, man
2: You're supposed to come in there, man <laughs> You go down the alphabet singing girls' names in a row You know, just to have subject matter for something Arlene my dear I love you with my heart Beatrice
1: my love Clara clown for you Deirdre
2: was tough man Edith and Ethel None of them had good romantic sounds <laughs> Ethel <man. laughs> I was always waiting until I got down to Yolanda man I was going to be ready I had Yolanda and Zoe I could never figure out anything for X Now we have uh, Ms. Hollander yeah, <laughs> you're using the word black, and of course uh, black, the use of it is a, a signal that when a group of people said we kind of demand to be called this, or would like to be referred to as this, that there's a uh, validity in that. You can be called whatever you want to, man, as an individual or a group. Really, you can. Now, your name can be spelled S-M-I-T-H, and you can pronounce it Janowski if you want to, man. <laughs> What's the name? Janowski. How do you spell it? SMITH. Huh? They're all silent. Never mind. It's just the way <laughs> it connects. You could if you wanted to, man. Get away. Anything you want. So it was cool. Like, black consciousness made a lot of other people, other groups, aware of their consciousness and their together. You know, they're, in a way, their separateness, but their uh, self esteem, you know. Uh, I think of black consciousness, and then I think of Irish consciousness, and then I think, when they're conscious, they're great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's my gang. You know, it's okay to hit your own gang. <laughs> yeah. So blacks... Like, you used to get a fight if you called someone black, right? Who you calling black, man? <laughs> now, i hey, tell you, who you calling Negro, man? <laughs> Older guys didn't mind. Old guys didn't. Colored guy. I'm a colored poison. And I feel like I'm a Negro or colored poison or black whatever you like. Some people went for Afro-American. Afro-American only lasted for about two weeks. So, man, you know... <laughs> Little cumbersome, hard building. and black was cool. Black is right, black is straight. And uh, there's value in what you call people, like whitey. I think about white guy, you know. Sounds kind of dull, man. Bland and colorless white guy. Whitey. Any variation on it that you want Haystack. <laughs> That's one we don't hear a lot. Gray, too. Gray. We're grays, man. Charlie and the man and Ophé. Caucasian. I never really liked Caucasian, you know? Sounds like a shoe style. <laughs> Let me hold the Caucasians in a Nandi. It could be a mountain range. Yes, we're going to the Caucasians again this year. There were an order of monks that makes wine somewhere. The Caucasian fathers, very fine wine. Could be an illegal operation Well she's had two Caucasians already. Right? <laughs> if I was going to be called anything I think I'd prefer Blue-eyed devil It's got a little romance to it You know A little tang But I never got to do Black voices on television That's what bothered me A little bit Uh you know, you can do your own group. Myron Cohen can do Jewish guys, and Pat Cooper can do Italians, and blacks can do blacks, and you can do your own group. But crossing over, it's not so good. You know, they don't want to hear it. They're fatal letters.
1: Say, I never got to do something, studs, from the street. You know? What's happening? Ain't no to it. I'll be here for a while, man. You see that motherfucker, you tell me to come back here, man, because I'm going to be here. You understand? That's some bullshit,
2: too, man. More or less. You understand? Okay. Hey, you can tell them that shit you now. Never got, no, guys were always on me. Black guys were always bugging me about my ass, because I got no ass, you know? <laughs> kind of a straight line from the shoulder to the heels. And, um, Black race has a more pronounced ass anyway, and you know a regular. You've seen that in National Geographic. I noticed it in the service. It's true, man. Anthropologists will tell you that. You know, if you can wake them up at the party, man, and get their attention. It's true. But at any rate, I was always getting kidded about it because there are three kinds of asses, basically. I've numbered them one, two, and C. Never very good at indexing, but uh, the first one's the fat ass, which you all know. You can't miss it. Even in the winter, in a tweet overcoat at the bus stop, you can say, Look at the guy in a tweet overcoat and the fat ass over at the bus stop there. (laughs) Then there's the regular ass, the everyday, normal, garden variety, all American, run of the mill. You've seen one, you've seen them all ass, just regular ass. Then we have the unfortunates. My group, no ass at all. (laughs) You wear a fat wallet and three handkerchiefs, right? That guy's used to be on me, man.
1: Say, Ben, where your ass at? <laughs> My man ain't got no ass, man. Shit, how you holding them pants up, man? Stuck got no ass, man. Shit.
2: Puerto Rican voices was another thing that attracted my ear because I was into you know listening to sounds and imitating them. I was a mimic, that was part of being class clown, making fun of uh, all the people around you. And uh, did the priest, did the cops, of course. The cops in New York all had the same voice, you know, generation voice I was talking about. And they have said things that they say at certain times. If a guy has a heart attack in the street, (laughs) okay, come on, the show's over, let's go. Come on, the show's over. I always called you Johnny. Come on, get out the corner here, Johnny. Never butter, man. Come on, Johnny. Let's go. Move along. Come on. Five seconds you're on the corner. Will you just get out the corner? Come on, Johnny. Even your mother. I'm his mother. Never mind, Johnny. Get out the corner here. Five seconds she's on the corner. Good guys. You never said fur. Good guys. When you get out the corner, good guys. Puerto Rican, on the other hand, they were speaking a different language. Puerto Ricans talk faster than any Spanish subgroup, I think. And uh, it sounded like music to me, you know, it's just so pretty, really, like a flute solo, man. I love it, even if I didn't know what they meant. And I would bend my ear to hear when I could. Loved it in a subway or a bus when there'd be three Puerto Rican conversations going on at the same time in different pitches and registers. I think it was the Latin that pulled me. It sounded a little like the Latin, you know? Good old Catholic, was in there working, and I was hooked, man. Got a hypnotic effect, doesn't it? Used to make fun of songs in church. Didn't you make fun of hymns and sacred songs and stuff when you could change the words around? Sleep in heavenly peace, I know, went through a lot of changes all over the <laughs> country. <laughs> oh, come all you faithful was the only song ever to successfully combine sex and religion that I could discover anyway. <laughs> but it sounded like a good revival experience, good mass orgasm. Oh, come all you <laughs> faithful. Believe- <Yeah, man>. yeah. <laughs> Get it going. Pretty song. They, they call it a day for fidelis to cool down you when you're in puberty. I used to listen to the Yankee games in Puerto Rican just to hear the tongue because, I mean, who cared about the Yankees, really? We were a National League neighborhood. In Puerto Rican, uh, who cared what the game was, right? It sounded so good. And you could follow it because you knew the ball player's names and they'd give those. And if you can count to three, you can follow baseball and underestrates. You got it, man. Dos y dos. That's the count. Two and two and you're home free. And you can follow the emotion of the announcer, right? <laughs> It's part of the fun listening to Spanish stations Waiting for the words that they had to say in English <laughs> <laughs> Italian voices I never heard much In my neighborhood Until I went to high school downtown When you go to another neighborhood for high school And uh, t- Italian street guys if, if these here were the Irish street guys the Italian street guy was this guy here.
1: Hey, what, hey, Svachim. <laughs> hey, why is this guy is jerking me off here, huh? <laughs> Who is this scumbag? This scumbag is jerking me off. Scumbag.
2: They always made the distinction, too. Scumbag was a guy, douchebag was a girl, and they always made it. Those who know will attest. Hey, this scumbag, last night, he was out, he picked
1: up two douchebags. He didn't call me up, man. Two douchebags.
2: i always adhered to that. I loved that kind of purism, man. Good street, earthy talk, man. Food was always involved in Italian slang, too, because Italians are into food and the oral situation. And, um... Singing? Sure. Opera and eating, man. And kissing and all that, sure, man. It's all oral. And uh, food shows up in their... uh, Street lingo like for money a very important thing in any culture right money is bananas bananas or clams hey you got three
1: clams hey give me fair you got half a banana get it you change of a banana three clams to get in this guy had an arm like a fucking eggplant you know?
2: <laughs> like an eggplant. Never heard many Jewish voices. Mostly came in contact with them as merchants. They were candy store owners in our neighborhood. We had four candy stores. And usually I heard the Jewish voices from over my shoulder as I was streaking out of the candy store with $20 worth of merchandise in my oversized eye jacket. You're fancy pants, gangster! Promise, you always promise to put it in the poor box when you grow up. Everything I steal, I'm going to put it in the poor box when I grow up. (laughs) I'm 35 years old, which is great when the world, all, the whole country at least, seems to be 18 and 50. It's nice. Have a reach on each side. And uh, as a result of that arithmetic, in 1951, I was 14. That's what I want to tell you. When grass uh, swept the neighborhood, we hadn't been into grass before that. We were into gang fighting and wine and beer in the park, man, and punching the shit out of people. <laughs> and having jackets with your names, man, and you had debs, your girls with your debs. What are you? I'm a tomahawk deb! Oh regular gangs, man, and turf and all that dumbass shit and uh, getting into fights over things like girls. He don't want it that's one of our devs, man. Hey, one of the
1: guy, the guy dead. I know, man. Shit's on.
2: Shit's on. It's gonna be a rumble.
1: Yeah, man, we're gonna get the riffs and the condors and the beacons and the corner boys and the lamplighters and the chaplains and the bishops, man, and the five-sotten gents and the dukes and the corner boys and the rams and the beacons, man. Did I say
2: the beacons? We're getting the same guys, man. Yeah, and then pot came along and gang fighting went away. Just in one semester in shop class, guys went from making zip guns to hash pipes. You know, just instant cats would say,
1: I'll catch you after the fight. Straight. <laughs> on the corner. Cool.
2: Parents dump a lot of things on you. I just was realizing and remembered some of that, too. That'll be cool. I must get into that. Little cliches they lay on you when you're a kid. Of course, there are a lot of words that mean different things and get tricked around on you. But parents always told you, look out. Don't break your neck. Get down off there. You'll... Get down off there. You'll break your neck. When you get off those stairs You'll break your neck You want to break your neck Get out of here Breaking your neck Was one of the only injuries there was Along with putting someone's eye out <laughs> Put that stick You'll put someone's eye out with that Are you crazy He's going to break his neck Fall and put someone's eye out With that stick <laughs> The only two injuries there were No one ever warned you About a fractured ulna Or a wrist little thing <laughs> Nobody said you'll cut You'll scrape yourself Never always Broken neck Put someone's eyes in pneumonia. <laughs> Never caught You'll catch a cold, catch a head cold, catch a rhinitis. No. If you lost something, parents had a cliche. Eventually you hear it. Well, it just didn't get up and walk away, did it? <laughs> Please, St. Anthony, help me find my keys. <laughs> Please, St. Anthony, help me find my keys. Please, God, my keys, Hamlet, for grace, those deepest. Please, God, help me. Please, St. Anthony, tell God I need my keys. Oh. Don't pick, pick at it. it. That's another one. Don't pick at that, will you? In out, in out. Come on now. I suppose if Johnny Finnegan jumped off the Empire State Building, you would have to jump off the Empire State Building, right? Great one. <laughs> Then words change value too, just ordinary words. Remember the word trouble doesn't have as much emotion when you grow up. Trouble, he's in trouble. I'm in trouble. Remember trouble? You're in trouble.
1: I'm in trouble, man. Oh, am I in trouble?
2: When you're in trouble, this is one of the few times you'd say, please. And really mean it. You don't say please anymore expecting that it's going to change the results of anything. You just say please. But remember when you used to think it would help? Please! Oh, please! Please, sister! Please, sister! Oh, no, please, man! Please, man! Please, man! Please, man! Please, man! man. That was one of the times she said it real hard, too. Oh, please, no, honest. Hey, no, I'll never do it again. Hey, no,
1: give me one more chance.
2: I'll turn over a new leaf. Sending away was a a magical phrase what are you doing I'm sending away sending away for something they're going to send it back you picture Battle Creek Michigan in your mind say hey, this is for Master George Carlin get that in the mail right away I always got screwed on things I send away for not always a lot of times I never got them Right up through puberty, uh, including uh, when I went for vacutex. Removes pimples through vacuum, you remember that? A little syringe-like thing, black and white plastic syringe, 259, was always advertised on the back of song magazines. Gets out blackheads with vacuum. <laughs> and you knew it worked, because it had a drawing of a girl with dots on her face, and then a drawing of the same girl without dots, and so you knew it was there Didn't work though. Not for me. Didn't pull the blackheads out. All it did was make a little red ring around the blackhead. You know? <laughs> it was good for one weekend, you know. And people got tired of it. Get your
1: rings and get out of
2: here. Will you? There's a lot of ways to imitate the fart sound. Kids find them all. Kids think farts are funny. Kids enjoy farts. Farts are funny as hell. Farts are farts are shit without the mess. Look at it that They know they're funny and fun. In the bathtub, they're funny. Wasn't there a thump? Wasn't there a guy who was a thump? guy who bites the bubbles in the bathtub. Ah. I remember some moronic eight-year-old thing like that. If you had short pants on and you were seated on a flat wooden chair during the summertime... Oh, man, you had to do the... The one cheek sneak, man. Pray. Pray. Please God. Yeah, kids know they're fun. That's why you call kids fart. Fart's a fun word, too. A fun fart. Hey, farties are cute little fart, isn't he a cute little fart? <laughs> they're always about that big a fart, because that's about how big a fart is, right? That's right. The fight. <laughs> or an old fart. Because okay. old people are just bent kids, you know. We do. We start out as children and we wind up being another form of child, and it'd be nice to remember all the way through, you know, what the ground rules are. But it's true. I'm just an old fart. Leave me alone. I don't want anything. I love you. Fighting, there's you got a lot of weird things. Like some guys, uh, depending on how people react to it, you know, some guys say,
1: Hey, who let go? Hey, (laughs) Hey, if you're sick, go to the hospital, man. Uh Boy, something died inside that (laughs) cat. Woo, light a match, man.
2: say, it wasn't me, man. I always tell you, right? right? I always tell.
0: No, it wasn't me.
2: Charlie, man. at okay, Charlie, man. Your own farts always smell okay. You know, you not know. It's okay. I so, yeah, not bad. Yeah. Some other guy did it, you'd be running the Benson man. If two guys are on the elevator and one guy farts, everybody knows who did it. The other guy always gets off at the mezzanine and walks down, you know, (laughs) just to hang me up. Then there's things you say when a fart is farted. Some guys are not, you know, shy at all. They come right up. Hey there, how are you? (laughs) Funniest thing I ever heard that you say when I farted it was when I was in the Air Force this guy said Captain who? being an enlisted man I rather like that I was going to be in military intelligence but the words were contradictory or whatever lighting farts is another thing lighting farts are the match that a lot of people don't know about see some people know somebody goes no kidding me you light a fart <laughs> ah, get out light
1: a fart really hey you can just
2: it's methane it's methane they're like I think uh, 5 million cubic yards of cattle farts every year they know that because they can predict how much methane is produced by the amount of feed that's consumed farts are a fact farts are a way of life farts are part of the ecology gang and why was I mentioning oh yes because kids are so instinctively you know they have such fun with it. they're so free about it until we finally go get- close them in on that. I think it's their instinctive reaction to the anal retentive attitudes and feelings of this country. You know, we've long had an ethic that uh, kind of encouraged keeping it inside and suffering and not just go and you know, kind of an anal retentive thing. Nixon is a perfect symbol for the country. It looks like he hasn't taken a ship in a month. yeah. <laughs>
0: He's not a regular
2: guy huh? <laughs> Every four years He gets the runs <laughs> He's running again raisins that make post-raisin brands so a raisin. It's raisins that make post-raisin brands so wonderful. It's raisins that make post-raisin brands so
1: different. More raisins, much more raisins, more raisins than you have ever seen before. If you like raisins, fat, juicy raisins, you'd like post-raisin brand more. I
2: always wished I was in that commercial sitting down in the milk with the flakes around me. Wanted to have one of those raisin sweatshirts, raisin, and a raisin beret. Going down to the demonstration in my raisin outfit. Another raisin for peace. Pretty soon Madison Avenue would get a hold of it and screw it up. They have a way of uh, glomming the language. They'd have uh, wrinkle power and raisin rhetoric. Right on, raisin. Madison Avenue's the front man for the business dude. The industrial spoiler, advertising man says it's good! And uh, they've been smoking uh, grass, an advertising agency for a long time, you could tell just from watching the commercials. But now I think the clients are starting to smoke too. Because <laughs> they're proving some pretty weird things, man. Like the guy in the toilet is pretty strange, the man in the, uh, in the rowboat. Originally it was a rowboat, and he got a speedboat immediately when he found it. <laughs> On a motorboat, got a motorboat. Then he was on a raft for a while with uh, two calypso musicians and two bushels of lemons. They were We put lemon in the tidy bowl for you. We put lemon in the tidy bowl. They put lemon in everything now. Lemon's a big ingredient for everything, right? Lemon's in everything in, except lemonade. You don't find much lemon in that. It's too busy in the furniture polish. What a great symbol of American business They're putting lemons and everything now They're admitting They're admitting what they're up to, man <laughs> Rubidoo, Then I was thinking about the curse words And the swear words The cuss words And the words you can't say You're not supposed to say all the time Because words if People are into words They want to hear your words Some guys like to record your words And sell them back to you If you can Listen in on your telephone Write down what words you say A guy used to be in Washington Knew that his phone was tapped Used to answer it Fuck Hoover Yes, go ahead <laughs> Okay. And I was thinking one night about the words you couldn't say on the public uh, airwaves, um, the ones you definitely couldn't say ever. Because I heard a lady say "bitch" one night on television, and that was cool, like she was talking about, you know. And they, well, the bitch is the first one to notice that in the litter, Johnny. All right, All right. And uh, bastard, you can say, and hell and damn. So I had to figure out which ones you couldn't and ever. And it came down to seven, but the, the list is open to amendment and, in fact, has been changed uh, by now. <laughs> A lot of people pointed things out to me. And I noticed some myself. The original seven words were shit, piss, fuck, cunt, cock, sucker, motherfucker, and tits. Those are the ones that'll curve your spine, grow hair on your hands, and... <laughs> Maybe even bring us, God help us, peace without honor. Mm. (laughs) What a burden. And now the first thing that we noticed was that the word fuck was really repeated in there because the word motherfucker is a compound word, and it's another form of the word fuck. If you want to be a purist, it doesn't really, can't be on the list of basic words. Uh, Also, cocksucker is a compound word, and neither half of that is really dirty. The word the half sucker, that's merely suggestive, and... (laughs) The word cock is a halfway dirty word, 50% dirty, dirty half the time, depending on what you mean by it. Uh, Remember when you first heard, like in sixth grade, you used to giggle. And the cock crowed three times. Hey! The cock three times! It's in the Bible! Cock is in the Bible! And first time you heard about a cock fight, remember? What? No, I ain't (laughs) that. chickens you know (laughs) then you have the four letter words from the old Anglo-Saxon fame uh, shit and fuck the word shit um, is an interesting kind of word in that the middle class has never really accepted it and approved it they use it like crazy but it's not really okay it's still a rude dirty old kind of gushy word they don't like that but they say it like I say it like a lady now in the middle class home you'll hear most of the time she says it as an expletive you know it's out of her mouth before she knows she said oh shit oh shit said, oh shit <laughs> if she drops something oh the shit look at the
1: broccoli shit
2: <laughs> thank you Yes. <laughs> I won the Grammy Man for the comedy album. Isn't that great? <clears throat> I
1: Thank you, man.
2: Thank you. Thank you very much, man. Thank you know, for that and for the Grammy, man, because that's based on people liking it, man. Yeah. That's, uh, that's okay, man. I just right, so let that go, man. <laughs> Got my Grammy, I can let my hair hang, now, man. Sure. <laughs> so, now the word shit is okay for the man. At work, you can say it like crazy, mostly figuratively. Get that shit out of here, will you? I don't want to see that shit anymore. I can't cut that shit, buddy. I have had that shit up to here. I think you're full of shit myself. Man. He don't know shit from Shinola, you know that? Always wondered how the Shinola people felt about that phrase, kind of Hi, I'm the new man from Shinola. Hi, how are you? Nice to see you. Oh, I don't know whether to shit or wind my watch. Guess I'll shit on my watch. Oh, this shit is gonna hit the fan. look like a brick shit house. Up, oh, he's up shit's creek. He's at it. He is. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hot shit. Holy shit. Tough shit. Eat shit. Shit-eating grin. Oh whoever thought of that was ill (laughs) he had a shit-eating drink he had a what? (laughs) shit on a stick (laughs) shit in a handbag always like that he ain't worth shit in a handbag he acted real shitty you know what I mean I got the money back but a real shitty attitude Hey, he had a shit fit wow shit fit glad I wasn't there all the animals bullshit horse shit cow shit Rat shit, bat shit, first time I heard bat shit I really came apart Guy in Oklahoma, Boggs, said it, man
1: Ah, bat shit
2: (laughs) Bear reminded me of that last night I had gone by some snake shit and Slicker and owl shit Get your shit together Should have get off the pot? I got a shitload full of them I got a shit pot full, right Shit head, shit heel, shit in your heart Shit for brains Shit face? Hey. Always try to think of how that could have originated, the first guy to say that, you know? Somebody got drunk and fell in some shit, you know? Hey, I'm shit face. Shit face today. Anyway, enough of that shit. The big one, the word fuck. That's the one that hangs them up the most. Because in a lot of cases, that's the very act that hangs them up the most. So it's natural that the word would uh, have the same effect. It's a great word, fuck, nice word, easy word, cute word, kinda. Easy mm-hmm. word to say, one syllable, short U. <laughs> fuck, boom, you know, it's easy. Starts with a nice soft sound, f- <laughs> Ends with right? a right? Little something for everyone, fuck. <laughs> good word, kind of a proud word, too. Who are you? I am fuck. Fuck of the Mountain (laughs) Tune in again next week To Fuck of the Mountain (laughs) It's an interesting word too Because it's got a double kind of a life Personality dual, you know Whatever the the right phrase is It leads a double life, the word fuck First of all, it means sometimes, most of the time Fuck, what does it mean? It means to make love, right? We're going to make love, eh? We're going to fuck, eh? We're 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 going to fuck, we're going to make love Fuck, we're going to make love, right? And it also means the beginning of life. It's the act that begins life. So there's the word hanging around with words like love and life. And yet, on the other hand, it's also a word that we really use to hurt each other with, man. It's a heavy. It's one that you save toward the end of the argument, right? <laughs> so you finally can't make it. Ah,
1: oh, fuck you, man. That's it. Fuck. I don't like it. Fuck. Stupid fuck. Fuck you and everybody that looks like
2: you, man. It would be nice to change the movies that we already have and substitute the word fuck for the word kill wherever we could and some of those movie clichés would change a little bit Mad fucker is still on the loose
1: Stop me before I fuck again
2: Fuck Fuck the ump, fuck the ump, fuck the ump, fuck the ump, fuck the ump Easy on the clutch, Bill, you'll fuck that engine again The other shit one was I don't give a shit. Like it's worth something, you know. I don't give a shit. Hey, well, I don't take no shit, you know what I mean? You know
1: why I don't take no shit? Because I don't give a shit. If I give a shit, I would have to pack shit. But I don't pack no shit because I don't give a shit. You wouldn't shit me, would
2: you? That's a joke when you're a kid with the worm looking out the bird's ass. You wouldn't shit me, would you? It's an eight-year-old joke, but a good one. The additions to the list, I found three more words that had to be put on the list of words you could never say on television, and they were fart, turd, and twat. Those three. (laughs) Fart, we've talked about, it's harmless, it's like tits, it's a cutie word, no problem. Turd, you can't say, but who wants to, you know? The subject never comes up on the panel, so I don't worry about that one. Now, the word twat is an interesting word. Twat. Hey, right, the twat twat is an interesting word because it's the f- only one I know of, the only slang word applying to the, a part of the sexual anatomy that doesn't have another meaning to it. Like a snatch, box, and pussy all have other meanings, man. <laughs> Even in a Walt Disney movie, you can say, we're going to snatch that pussy and put him in a box and bring him on the airplane. Yes, indeed, it's true, cool. Everybody loves it. But twat stands alone, man. As it should. And two-way words uh, Ass is okay Providing you're riding into town On a religious feast day You can't say Stay Up your ass You can say Stuff it And there are certain things You can say It's weird You just come so close Before I cut I want to uh, thank you For listening to my words man, Fellow uh, space travelers Thank you man For tonight and thank you all for-